Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. I am so thrilled you've taken the time wherever and however you are listening to this podcast to listen to Believe. My name is John Boccasino, the longtime host of this program, flying solo this week. As we are getting ready for rookie mini camp, it's great to be back here after taking a week off the draft. Boy, what a process. What an exciting time. I felt exhausted uh, after the draft coverage uh, from watching as much draft coverage as we did, especially on Thursday night as Brandon Bean kept uh, executing uh, his trades uh, like he always does to eventually move up and get uh, Kair Elam uh, with pick 23. I thought that was a really great way for Bills fans to go into day one uh, of the draft. And we're going to be talking about Buffalo's draft class here on Believe. But unlike some of the other uh, pundits here on uh, Buffalo Rumblings and the family of podcasts, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know everything about Buffalo's draft class. It was an eight person draft class that the Bills went after. Uh, Brandon Bean, this is now his sixth class uh, leading the Buffalo Bills. And it's one of those things where when you look at what Brandon Bean has been able to do, I think one of the biggest credits that needs to be given to him is the benefit of the doubt that Bills fans have towards their general manager. And what I mean by that is it wasn't too long ago where Buffalo's moves would be maligned, they'd be questioned, they'd be doubted just because the Bills had not earned that benefit of the doubt. You know, there was a regime change that struggled for years going out and finding the right players, whether in free agency or in the draft. Well, safe to say that since Brandon Bean took over as GM, Bills fans have a lot of faith in their general manager, um, and, and they've justified that by making the playoffs as often as they have. Remember the playoff drought? Yeah, me neither. It's been great to snap that drought and have this team be a perennial contender. Uh, The Bills are coming off back-to-back AFC East championships. Expectations are sky high. And one of the best ways to look at this Bills roster, there really were not a lot of glaring holes. But Brandon Bean, I feel, has done a great job in addressing and shoring up some of those needs and some of those weaknesses on this roster. And that's why, uh, as I'm sitting here in Believe flying solo, talking to our Bills Mafia faithful listeners, thank you again for 
t- tuning in to hear my thoughts post draft on what Buffalo did uh, in the 2022 draft with their eight picks. I'm not going to sit here and assign grades. I'm of the school of thought that it's, I'm not going to sit here and say you need three years until you can hand out grades, but I can't assign a grade when we haven't seen games get played. And I can't sit back and say, oh, yeah, the Bills earned an A++++. You know me. I'm a homer. I'm a fan first. I can be critical, and I can have some deep analytical skills when it comes to assessing how Buffalo's players do on the field. But I am a fan first and foremost. I'm going to come at this post-draft coverage here on Believe from a objective standpoint of what do I like about what Buffalo did with their eight draft picks, who in particular stood out to me as being home run selections. And I'm going to try to be critical and think of one or two of the moves that I did not like uh, that Brandon Bean pulled off. And that's not to say I didn't like the player, but it could be I don't like the player. It could be I don't like the fit for Buffalo's scheme, or it could be I didn't like the timing of when the player was drafted knowing that there were other talents and other needs out there that could have been met. So we're going to go through a couple of quick hit thoughts on Buffalo's draft class. Not all eight picks. I'm going to pick a couple that I liked and one or two that I did not like. And then I'm going to sit back and tie all of this up for you with a thought. Where do the Buffalo Bills stand now post-mortem after the draft? And what I mean by that is, Is this team better off than it was when the season ended to the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round? And how did the draft make the Bills better? And I'm going to talk about one area that still concerns me about this roster because it can't all be positivity here on Believe. So for those of you that are just waking up from a long slumber, uh, the Bills had eight picks in the 2022 draft. They started off Thursday night by trading up from 25 to 23, choosing Florida cornerback Kair Elam, uh, who will fill a huge need for the Buffalo Bills. In the second round, they traded down twice before selecting running back James Cook, who I really feel is one of those picks that we're going to be talking quite a lot about for good or for bad based on when Buffalo uh, ended up drafting James Cook and what they were able to uh, to do with that second round pick. I will talk about James Cook as well, the Georgia product as a running back. The third round pick, the Bills took linebacker Terrell Bernard out of Baylor. And then after not having a fourth round pick, the Bills chose one of my pre-draft favorites in the fifth round, Khalil Shakir, the speedy wide receiver out of Boise State. Brandon Bean hoarded himself some sixth round draft picks, first taking the punt god Matt Ariza out of San Diego State, then cornerback Christian Benford out of Villanova. Offensive tackle Luke Tenuta out of Virginia Tech wrapped up the three picks in the sixth round. And in the seventh round, the Bills turned to a football factory known as Clemson to draft linebacker Balin Spector with pick 231. So that wraps up the eight picks that Brandon Bean had. What did I like about the draft class? Well, I have to start with pick number one, number 23 overall, Kair Elam. I have been lauding the fact that I thought Buffalo needed to draft a cornerback. I know we went through that extensive article that highlighted why Brandon Bean has not invested in cornerbacks and specifically in boundary cornerbacks 
during his first five years. The Bills have just not invested their draft capital in this position. This year was different. Trey White is not guaranteed to be healthy when the season starts. There is very little established death depth behind uh, Dane Jackson and Cam Lewis uh, at the back of this secondary now that uh, Levi Wallace has walked via free agency. The Bills needed to make this move, and I loved the Kair Elam pick. I loved it, and then I loved it even more when I saw the clips on social media of him talking to Terry Pagula saying, I need the playbook. Put the playbook on the plane. To me, that is somebody who wants to learn this playbook yesterday. He wants to get acclimated with the Buffalo Bills defense, what they're going to do, how he can step in. And I think the fact that the Bills could add such a toolsy, rangy, and athletic cornerback as Kair Elam with pick number 23, it just checked off all the boxes for what I wanted out of my first round pick. He's a cornerback the Bills desperately needed. He's going to step in right away and make a solid contribution. And there was a great uh, point article put out there where it comes to how much you can hit or miss on a first round pick. And for a team like the Bills that are a little cash strapped, they don't have the revenue to go out there right now and sign another you know, quality veteran to step in outside Trey White. The pressure was on Brandon Bean to find a cornerback that he thought would fit his system. And he passed up Andrew Booth from Clemson. He passed up a couple of big name prospects that could have stepped in at cornerback. He settled on Kair Elam. And I just feel like he is an absolute perfect complement towards what the Bills need uh, in the cornerback position. He is expected to start from day one as their CB2. He is really going to contribute right away, and he brings such a good combination of skills to the Buffalo Bills to fill the hole that they have uh, on the boundary cornerback role outside of Trey White. I think he is just a phenomenal fit. I think he's a strong cover corner. He's fast. He's got nice size to him. He can play the press coverage as well. And he's a bit physical and has a good nose for breaking up passes. I think he's fantastic. The fact that he's also young, he is just about to turn 21 years old. That is something that Brandon Bean loves to dial up when it comes to his draft picks. He loves to find young players with a lot of experience. He's been a three-year starter, 30 career games for Florida. He had five interceptions, 20 pass breakups, which means he's intuitive and he knows where to be at the right place at the right time to make the pass breakups. And for uh, an AFC that is loaded with playmaking wide receivers and physical playmaking tight ends, you have someone like Kair Elam you can throw out there who can leap well, who can run well, who can cover well. It was a perfect pit, perfect pick, slam dunk home run pick for me with my number one like from the Buffalo Bills draft class. When you get past the cornerback position, the next need that I thought the Buffalo Bills had, and they tried to address this with J.D. McKissick in free agency, but it was really that speed element to the running game. And Devin Singletary, I've been giving him a lot of credit, as have many experts from the last second half of the 2021 season of Singletary having a solid breakthrough second half, timing up with the offensive line rounding into form, uh, getting Ryan Bates into the starting lineup. The Bills O-line gelled and Devin Singletary responded in a big way. To me, though, Buffalo's second round pick, James Cook, is going to be a pivotal player in how Buffalo's offense thrives and succeeds in 2022. 
there is an immediate need that Cook brings to the table to fill what Buffalo has with a weakness when it comes to the speed game, and especially as a pass catcher. As good as Devin Singletary can be in spurts catching passes out of the backfield, he is not someone like an Alvin Kamara who can catch 8, 9, 10 passes. I'm not saying James Cook is Alvin Kamara, but I like the home run threat and I like the big playability that James Cook brings. You looked at what he did at Georgia and some of the big highlights out there. He is a phenomenal pass catcher. He is a speed weapon. He's a really precise route runner and he's got great hands. Package all of those up and what does it say to me? He's a perfect complement to Devin Singletary for this offense. Now, I know this means it's probably going to make Zach Moss or Duke Johnson a moot point and an obsolete player on this roster. You know what? So be it. I want better players coming in who will contribute. And I know that De- that James Cook is not uh, an RB1 right off the bat. He's going to be a developmental prospect. But with Singletary, what he does well in the running game and in the blitz protection and what James Cook can do out of the backfield as a pass catching back, I think this is a great balance a great complimentary backfield and I think he's really going to give the Bills a lot of potential because here's the beautiful part if Devin Singletary's contract goes up and the Bills don't want to give him a new contract once he's a free agent James Cook allows you to step in and have a rookie come in who is a true three down back to give a lot of potential for this offense I love the James Cook pick at the tail end of the second round my third and final actually I'll give you two more picks that I really liked Um, And you know me, I'm a positive guy, and I've already mentioned the high-octane home run threat that was James Cook and the lockdown, physical, speedy, toolsy, rangy cornerback that the Bills got with Kyer Elam in the first round. My next two likes are going to go to somebody who I mentioned in the pre-draft coverage on the live Bills mock. It was slot receiver Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. I love this kid. I love the speed he brings to the game. He's going to make the Bills forget all about Cole Beasley. He's going to add speed to the Bills offense. And that's why I liked the Cook pick as well. We talked about this on one of the previous Bill Leaves. One of the areas the Bills are deficient is in speedy playmakers on offense. And between Cook and Shakir, the Bills have instantaneously added a speed game that was not there and an ability to get yards after the catch. Now with Cook, it's coming out of the backfield. With Shakir, he's going to have to contend with Jamison Crowder in the slot to get those receptions. But I love the separation that Shakir can create. I love the speed that he brings and the fact that this is somebody who can step in beyond the one-year contract that Crowder has signed. Shakir is an absolute stud of a pick and getting him in the fifth round. That's why I love this pick. If the Bills had drafted Shakir in the third round, no way. That would have been too high of a reach for me. But getting him in the fifth round... That is where the value comes into this conversation. He's a dangerous slot receiver. He's going to thrive in Ken Dorsey's offense. And he's really one of those kids who just seems to love football. From everything you read and everything you hear on the internet, I think it's a great signing for the Bills to get Khalil Shakir. He can be the long-term replacement to take over for Jamison Crowder when his deal is done in Buffalo. And again, speed, you cannot have enough speed in 2022 in the NFL. And Khalil Shakir brings that to the Bills in spades. 
My last of the likes I'm going to bring up is somebody who I say as a like with a bit of a caveat. There's room to improve, but I loved what Buffalo did after they were hoarding all of those sixth round draft picks. And I love the memes out there that were saying, Brandon Bean drafting in the second round. Nah, that's tired. You know what's wired? Finding more sixth round draft picks. And that's what Brandon Bean did with the first overall selection, number 180 in the sixth round. It is the punt god, Matt Areza out of San Diego State. I think this was a perfect need uh, for the Bills. What is the one area where this team blatantly needed to get better besides cornerback two? It's punting. Matt Hawk was not going to cut it. His shanks, his low uh, hang time, his not being able to flip the field position was really a detriment to the Bills on those rare occasions that they punted the ball away. Areza is going to come in. He's going to be a weapon with his booming leg. He's going to flip the field position for the Bills. And I think it was a great pick. Anytime you can get somebody who averages more than 51 yards per punt, which set a football college football record last year, single season, sign me up, getting him in the sixth round after two other punters had gone great value. Now the caveat for Areza is he's going to need to be more than just a one trick pony of booming punts downfield. He needs to excel holding uh, for Tyler Bass on field goals and extra points. And here's the problem at San Diego state. Areza did not hold once. You want to know why? He was their kicker. It's pretty darn tough to hold and kick the ball at the same time. Now, I'm not concerned that Areza will be able to pick up this skill, but there's going to be a learning curve. This is going to be one of those critical moments to watch and issues to watch in training camp. And as the season gets near, how well Areza adjusts to that responsibility of holding for Tyler Bass on his field goals and his extra points. Now, enough being positive in rose-colored glasses. My first reach, my first complaint, if you will, that I have about the Bills draft comes in the third round, and it was linebacker Terrell Bernard out of Baylor. There is no doubting that this kid is a winner and he's a leader on the field, but I feel like the Bills had bigger needs when pick 89 came around than grabbing somebody who plays linebacker, a spot they've already got covered with Matt Milano out there. Now, unless they're planning on grooming a replacement for Milano, because if you look at the tape and there was a great article on Buffalo Rumblings, Bernard and Milano are very similar in how they attack and how they play the field, but maybe... That's what Brandon Bean was thinking with this draft pick. But even so, I feel like Bernard could have been available a bit later than the third round pick number 89, which, by the way, was the first of Buffalo's original draft picks where they did not trade up or trade down, unlike in the first second, first and second round of this draft. Bernard, the biggest question mark on him, the biggest knock on him is both his size He's definitely a smaller linebacker, and it's also his tackling form and his tackling ability. Last year, he had a nearly 15% missed tackle percentage. That's a horrible tackling ratio for one of your linebackers, especially when you're talking about what does Matt Milano do well? He wraps up the ball carrier. He's a great tackler. That's where Bernard does not come in handy. He is not the best of the tacklers. He's got speed and spades. Maybe they can work on getting him to be a better bulk tackler, but I'm really concerned about that draft pick of bringing in Terrell Bernard, especially when, again, there were other needs that Buffalo could have gone after and could have filled. So to me, that was one of the concerns I had about this Buffalo Bills draft class. The second one, it's really hard to knock some of the later draft picks because these are all 
taking uh, darts and throwing them at a board and seeing what sticks. But I collectively did not feel like the Bills maximized uh, their last uh, sixth round draft picks when it comes to Christian Benford, the cornerback out of Villanova, or Luke Tenuta, the tackle out of Virginia Tech. I just feel like, as yes, Tenuta is six foot nine. He's a hulking behemoth of an offensive lineman. Perhaps there's developmental prospect there. They can bring him in and guide him and mold him to be a physical, imposing offensive lineman. But he's really raw, and I felt like the Bills already have this script on their roster with Tommy Doyle. So why invest another pick in another hulking offensive lineman that may or may not work out? And with Benford, I get the fact that the Bills have a need for cornerbacks. Uh, and especially as we talked about with Elam stepping in, there's a lot of unproven depth behind him. But I just don't necessarily know if Benford is going to even make this roster. There are so many cornerbacks that the Bills like on their roster, including undrafted free agent from last year, Elijah Griffin and Nick McLeod. There just might not be room for Christian Benford on this roster, and you would hate to waste. That's what I was talking about on the pre-draft podcast. The Bills have so few roster spots. I would have rather they packaged up the pick they used for Tenuta and Benford and even Balin Specter, who I actually think could be a pretty decent pro and package those three to get one pick and play the numbers game because there is just not enough bodies to go around to make this roster. But we are nitpicking. The Bills did a great job with their draft. The future is bright. Those are my thoughts on who I liked and who I did not like from the 2022 NFL draft. Now, the closing thought before we wrap up this podcast today was I mentioned a post-mortem on the Bills after the draft. I feel very good about this team. There's a reason the Bills are the prohibitive favorites to win their first ever Super Bowl. But there is still one area of concern that worries me about this team. It's the interior offensive line. Really, the Bills didn't do anything in the draft to tackle and address this. They had opportunities to grab interior offensive linemen, guards, and centers, and they focused instead on Luke Tenuta, the tackle out of Virginia Tech, with pick number 209. That was the only pick that Brandon Bean spent on the offensive line was Luke Tenuta at number 209 in the sixth round. In a draft that seemed to have a lot of depth of talent and a lot of positions available on the offensive line to not go after a guard or a center really concerns me. And especially when you look at Cody Ford being the top reserve on this interior offensive line, he has struggled mightily since being drafted in the second round. He is not the mauler. He was made out to be when the bills picked him out of Oklahoma. I don't think the bills have a lot of depth in the interior offensive line. I'm hoping they can scoop up some guys who get released from other rosters, because right now I like Roger Saffold at guard, Ryan Bates at guard, and Mitch Morris at center, but there's no depth behind those guys other than some bodies, and the Bills could find some better players for sure to go out there and fill the interior offensive line. Hopefully Brandon Bean has a plan in place for going after that and attacking other roster cuts and shoring them up and bringing them into Buffalo to fill out that part of the roster. But again, if that's my biggest complaint about the Bills team heading into the offseason, then I think the Bills are in a really good position heading into the 2022 season. What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear from you on what you liked about the Bills draft, what you did not like about the Bills draft, and where the Bills still need to get better heading into this offseason with rookie minicamp beginning in a couple of days. Get involved with me on Twitter. I am at John. 
Boccasino. You can also comment on this article when it posts on buffalorumblings.com. Next week, my colleague Jamie D'Amico will be back as we are here on Bill Leave, getting you through the offseason, talking Buffalo Bills football.